you'll join our cult, the Tennis Podcast. I'm your cult leader, Nick Amell. Our cult provides weekly episodes of edutainment in the form of a podcast. Every week, either myself or one of my cult members bring a top 10-ish list and the other tries to guess all items on that list without knowing the list ahead of time. My guest sidekick host this week is Josh Shell, host of some of my favorite podcasts, including Reddit on Wiki and Let's Start a Cult. Josh, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, how's it going with you? It's good. Uh, something must be in the water up there in Canada because this is the second Canadian in a row I've had on the show. Oh my goodness. Back to back. We're taking over. Yeah. That's the cult mindset set up in here in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) The cult of Canada. Well, you guys, you know, probably have about as many members as a medium to small cult anyway. That's true. There's there's only like 12 of us up here, so. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't have heard it yet because it hasn't come out yet, but the most recent episode was the top 10 largest cities in Canada. Okay. Your fellow Canadian did not do well on it. Oh, no. Who was it? Brad from Doomsday. I don't know if you've heard listen to that podcast. Oh, yeah. Love Brad. He's very Canadian. Yeah, I thought it went so decent with Brad that I'd have another Canadian on this week. <laughs> and Josh, I want you to tell the folks at home a little bit more about you and your shows. Absolutely. So I run two podcasts. Uh, one is aptly Let's Start a Cult, which is why I believe I was invited on here rather than my Canadian ship. <laughs> Correct. Canadian thing was a bonus. Yeah. So uh, on Let's Start a Cult, uh, which we are bringing back in June. I'm not sure when this episode is releasing, but... End of May. Okay, perfect. So uh, yeah, we went on a bit of a break there, but I'm coming back. Uh, we talk about cults, uh, all kinds of them, probably some of the ones we were going to talk about today. And we Correct. do deep dives into them and uh, kind of expose the cults for kind of the crap they spew. So yes, uh, it's always a great time. And then on my other podcast, Reddit on Wiki, we read Reddit stories, uh, anything from Am I the Asshole uh, stories from Reddit, uh, Ask Reddit, our relationship advice. We, we read them and react to them. It's always a great time. Yeah. TikTok seems to love it. So <laughs> yeah, I was going to say TikTok celebrity Josh Shell on the show here. <laughs> you guys have really taken off there. It's good to see. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a crazy few months, uh, and actually we had Nick on, uh, and I'm on the asshole. So yeah, definitely go check that one out. I was an asshole. <laughs> he was an asshole on. It. He was perfect for it. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a April 2022 episode for anyone looking. You are way more organized than I would. I could not pull out which episode was which. <laughs> <laughs> a little too organized, some might say. Yeah, it's scary. Well, thanks for coming on. Yep. I first found you though from Let's Start a Cult. Yeah. Uh, I've always been into cults, always been into true crime. I take it you are too, since you have a cult (laughs) podcast. I am, I am, yes. And so I thought, well, if we're going to have Mr. Cult on, we should talk about cults. Back on episode 94, me and Brandon talked about the deadliest cults of all time. Oh, okay. And that was based on their victim count, basically. Yeah. But I wanted to find this time the list of the largest cults based on their peak membership. Okay. Some of these you've covered on your show. Some of them you have not. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Man, because like I said, we have taken a break. So I'm going to have to like rack my memory to remember which, which yeah. cults I've done. But yes, there are a couple I did that were fairly large. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing about cults, man, is as you know, I'd say 99.999% of them are very small. Like few members. Yeah. Dozen members if they're lucky. But then you have that very tip of the iceberg where... They get thousands of members or millions in some cases. A scary amount, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So my sources today are familyminded.com, wikipedia, and biography.com. I had to use a little discretion on this because what is a cult, right? Is the Catholic Church a cult, you know, for example? <laughs> I think there's an argument there, but yeah. for the sake of this episode, I left them out and I limited it to things that I think the average person would consider a cult, with maybe one exception that I'll get to later. Okay. I do want to give a trigger warning. Obviously, if you've started this episode, you know it's about cults, and cults have some, you know, scary stuff, violent stuff in it. We're not going to go as in-depth as a typical true crime podcast would, but there will be some uncomfortable content on the show today. Yeah, there always is when you're talking about cults, for sure. Yeah. Josh, if you had to summarize the definition of a cult in your own words, what would you say? Oh, man, that is a tough question to start off with. I'd say it's, it's a collective following of people who believe similar. It could just be a, a cult, men, like a mentality. Sure. A one-minded thing. This is the rules we're living by. And there's usually one leader who's dictating those rules. The cult leader, if you will. Correct. It's tough because when you just say that, you're right. Anything could be a cult, you know our country's cults because you have one leader who makes yep. the rules who you have to follow and so it's but i would argue those are you elect those people right so those, that's the difference cults a lot of times kind of operate like a dictatorship of a country yes yes exactly not so always like, not always but much of the time north korea you could have an argument that is a cult now you know it's obviously a cult driven by fear but uh, yes when I think on your show, you've covered the Nazi party yes. as a cult, yep. right? And I don't think, I think the average person on the street, when they hear the Nazi party, they might not immediately think the word cult because it was a political party as well. Yes. But that's kind of that loose definition we were talking about. Yeah, uh, we play it a little fast and loose on, uh, on Let's Start a Cult with what we define as a cult. Um, we felt the Nazi party definitely later on was a cult, but they did kind of get elected, right? So right. it was a lot of fear tactic and lying to get into power. So Manipulating the population. Into, exactly. Right. So yeah. it, it, it treads the line between cult and political party. And I, I think we can all agree that later on, it was definitely more cult than political party. Yeah. But for the sake of today's episode, the Nazi party is not included, kind of because of the reasons you said. Fair, yeah. The definition of a cult from dictionary.com is a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Mm. Okay. I've seen other definitions that said, you know, it can't be a cult if there's not a defined leader uh, or set of leaders. I can't think of any cult offhand that doesn't have a leader. So it's usually how they're structured. So. Yep. So we've all heard of famous cults. Even if you're not into true crime, even if you're not into cults, you've probably heard of the Manson family. Yep. You've probably heard of the Jonestown massacre, uh, where the People's Temple cult uh, had the, the uh, mass suicide. You've heard of Heaven's Gate, the mass suicide there. Uh, not all cults are violent. In fact, most aren't. But the ones that make news headlines usually are. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to have a mix today of violent and nonviolent cults, although I'd say most are violent. So this ranking that you're going to guess is the top 10 largest cults based on the number of people, quote, involved with the cult. Okay. It didn't specify, but I take that to mean, you know, associates of the cult are included in that, in that number. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Cool. Well, do you want to kick us off with your first guess, largest cult? 
And you don't have to do this, but typically when guests come on, they try to save number one for later. Okay, because uh, I was probably going to swing big for the first one. Yeah. I know, and I'm going to butcher this one, I know Rajneesh is a huge one, but I don't know how big. So I'm going to guess that one. I don't have that in here. Okay. That might fall You're more. off to an amazing start. <laughs> You have a cult podcast, you said? Yeah, yeah. I, Are I you do. Sure? I do. <laughs> Rajneesh is number 12, by the way. So you weren't okay. that far off. Okay. Uh, let's go Children of God. I know that one's a big one. Children of God, I would contend one of the most fucked up cults yes. out there. Mm-hmm. I think you've done as an episode or two on them. Yeah. They are number five okay. on this list. They don't go by that name anymore. We'll cover that. But the Children of God is the fifth largest cult of all time, at least the known cult, you know, because right. I'm sure there was a million cults before recorded history, all that. But True. as far as we know, Children of God is the fifth largest cult ever. At their peak, they had approximately 150,000 members around Jesus. the world. Think about a cult. Like the famous cults we talked about, Manson family, had like less than 20 people in it, I think. Yeah. It, it at was- the time. Might not even been 15, I'm trying to think. It wasn't that many. <laughs> at the end, it was definitely less, but they, at their peak, they may have right. been closer to 20. Peak, yes, you're right, you're right. And Heaven's Gate, the, the famous suicide where they all uh, were draped under purple sheets. There was, I think, 39-ish, 40, something like that, dead. Yeah. So think about the size of those cults. And then this one is 150,000 people, which is even more astronomical when you consider the fucked up shit they've gotten away with. Absolutely. <laughs> so the Children of God was founded in 1968, and they're still going today under a different name. They were founded originally in Huntington Beach, California. It gained notoriety as the Children of God cult. It was later renamed several times, but as of 2004, it goes by the Family International or TFI. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's coming back to me. Yeah. They call themselves the family for short. Yeah. As well. A classic thing calls to do is uh, name change. Yes. I'm sure there's probably at least one or two other ones on this list that will have a name change. I think all of them. I don't all, think there's okay. one cult we cover that is, well, maybe there's one or two, but the vast majority involve name change. And that is the practice of stripping away your cult member's identity to yeah. they are starting anew with your cult and you're trying to separate them from any life they knew beforehand. Much like we do to our listeners here. Yeah, exactly. You just call them by one name and then... Uh... <laughs> but I will take exception to the idea that I'd be compared to the cult leader of this, which I'll get to his sorry yeah. ass here in a second. The cult foretold the coming of a dictator called the Antichrist. The rise of a brutal one-world government and its eventual overthrow by Jesus Christ in the second coming. Something this and a lot of cults do is they cherry-pick from the Bible or other religious texts, kind of uh, decipher and shape it into their own belief system. Yeah. Which is what's happening here. In 1976, the cult began a method of evangelism. Event, evangelicism. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Evangelical <laughs> efforts called flirty fishing. Are you, is this ringing a bell? Yes. Yes, it is. Flirty fishing is the practice that the cult used and that they use sex to recruit new members. Yeah. They use sex to show God's love and mercy and win converts, resulting in controversy. Josh, how many times have you had sex with God? Oh, too many to count, man. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm his go-to at this point. Yeah, you're his go-to booty call, huh? Yeah. God and sex are going to be used in a lot of the same sentences tonight. 
Yeah. Because that's what it always comes down to. It comes down to money, power, and sex. And I'd say sex more so than anything else on tonight's episode. I'd say money is up there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right, though, because I'd say it's sex is more prominent throughout all of the cults. Yeah. But the ones who get rich get fucking rich. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the family slash children of God, their founder and prophetic leader, David Berg, uh, was referred to as Father David. He also gave himself the title of King Moses. And I want you, Josh, and the listeners to look up a photo of David Berg. I will put a direct link to a photo in the show notes. Do an image search and look at the first few images that come up of this yeah, guy. Yeah, I remember Did looking at this See the one of him guy. holding <laughs> the Bible. Yeah. Oh my god. He yeah. looks like a character in an SNL skit, like a caricature of yeah. a crazy old pedophile. Is <laughs> what he is. 100% and there's pictures of him with kids, so that scares me more. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a frightening human being. Do you want to have sex with this man? No, I don't even want to talk to this man. <laughs> well, unfortunately, a lot of people did not have a choice in having sex with this man, although yeah. some did, but many did not. Let me back up and I'll circle back. Loving Jesus is a term that members of the cult use to describe their intimate sexual relationship with Jesus. Members are encouraged to imagine Jesus is joining them during sexual intercourse and masturbation. Mm. And male members of the cult are cautioned to visualize themselves as women in order to avoid a homosexual relationship with Jesus. Jeez. Josh, your hot take on that. Can you have a hot take on that? Are you for or against it? Oh, against, 100%. Okay, just want to get you on the record. <laughs> uh, putting me in the hot seat here. <laughs> you know, many of our listeners, me included, we may have grown up in church, a church of some kind, you know, Christian yep. church or whatever church, church you grew up in. I want you to imagine your pastor or priest, preacher, whatever it was, and he's telling the congregation, make sure the next time you are having sex that you visualize our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ there in the room. Oh, but if you are a man and you visualize having sex, don't do that. That's yeah. homo. You need to pretend you're a woman. In a way, it's progressive thought. It's like, imagine yourself being a woman and maybe you'll understand their issues. That's not where he was going, but... no. <laughs> That's the only good I can take out of that sentence. <laughs> it always fascinates me to think of this cult probably started, well, I don't know, probably. It, it may have started with very good intentions, and it definitely started with, I'm sure, a good mix of people. Yeah. A mix of good people that meant good. Mm -hmm. So to see it evolve from that into this like all-out sex cult, where clearly this doctrine that he's preaching of sex with Jesus is his way of opening the door to having sex with whomever he wants in the cult at any yes. time. Yeah, and that's usually what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Once you start believing everything they say, they have that sway to make you have sex with who they want, uh, yes. marry who they want, and it's usually sex with them, if we're being honest. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's an incredible power that these people wield, which is terrifying. And unfortunately for the members of this cult, it did not begin and end with consensual sex because at least one individual growing up in the family named Verity Carter testified that during the Children of God era was sexually abused from the age of four by members of the cult, including her own father. Mm -hmm. She blames the philosophy of David Berg, the leader, who told members that God was love and love was sex, so that sex should not be limited by age or relationship. Jesus Christ. So again, he's justifying to his members that, no, it's okay, it's actually good that I'm having sex with your kids and my kids. <sighs> That's fucking disgusting, man. Those people should be... Locked away. 
forever. Yeah. And this cult's still going. That's the thing. I mean, they are going to reject that any of this ever happened or claim that they've changed, but this is in their history. Much like the MAGA party uh, rejecting the insurrection, they are just like, yeah, no, that didn't happen. (laughs) That's exactly what it's like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But this cult had some famous celebrity members as well. Uh, River Phoenix and Joaquin Phoenix, who we all know as very famous actor, including the Joker recently, as well as others in their family, were members of the group from 1972 to 1978. So River and Joaquin were children. River Phoenix, who died of a drug overdose in 1993, told Details Magazine in November 91 that they're ruining people's lives. So they did get out of the cult. That's good. I'm glad. So this sicko David Berg, he did die in 94, but the group continues to this day. They're now known as the Family International. So if you ever hear their name, uh, report them immediately. (laughs) I don't know where, the police? It's hard to get rid of cults like this because what can you report them for, really? Exactly. And they're very careful about that. Well, the good cults are. They cover their tracks and usually, legally speaking, do everything by the book. Yeah. At least outwardly so that there's no opening for someone to question what they're doing. Yeah. But yeah, um, you're welcome, everyone, for this great, happy content you're probably listening to on your way to work or on your way to get coffee. Yeah, it's a nice Wednesday morning, a good (laughs) way to wake up (laughs) on hump day and just be like, time to learn about some terrible people. (laughs) Hump day was a poorly timed choice of word there, but I got what you mean. Yeah, yeah, my bad. We'll move on. (laughs) Hey, bro, do you even tweet? Well, do you tick? Do you talk? This is a quick call to action to you tickers and talkers out there to follow us on your favorite social media platform. It's pretty easy. Our handle on pretty much every social platform is TennisPod. You can follow us on Twitter at TennisPod. Follow us on Instagram at TennisPod. Join our official subreddit managed by listeners like you at r slash tennis pod our subreddit is the first place to watch a visual snippet of the next week's episode before anywhere else you can also subscribe to our youtube channel at youtube.com slash tennis podcast there you can find curated playlists of full episodes all of our one minute visual snippets video podcasts and more and last but not least yes introducing the tennis podcast tiktok that's right i'm on there with no clue what the fuck i'm doing competing for your attention against other whippersnappers. You can join me on this weird journey on TikTok at TennisPod. And by the way, direct links to all of our social medias are in the show notes for this episode. Social media is the best place to interact with me and our various sidekick hosts. So stop being an anti-social jerk and socialize your ass on over to Tennis Podcast. Oh, and one last small thing. If you get annoyed of ads like this one, uh, just know that Tennis Pod Plus members, they skip every single ad on every single episode. I'm just saying. Let's get back to the episode. So that was number five, The Children of God. Do you have another guess? Yeah, so I'm going to go with Nexium. Yeah, Nexium, subject of the relatively recent HBO docuseries. What was it called? Well, it was a recent trial too, wasn't it? Yeah, the trial, yeah. the vow, the vow is the name yeah. of the documentary. Uh, they're number nine, Nexium. Okay. Documentary on HBO will go much deeper on this than we will. And that goes for all these, by the way. Obviously, the nature of the show, we only have so much time. We're covering 10 cults. 
go listen to my podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was going. Go listen yeah. to Let's Start a Cult for a deeper dive into this. Yeah. But Nexium, it's an interesting one because unlike the prior cult, which was heavily religious in nature, that they preached about Jesus and God, this cult, Nexium, was a corporate business, multi-marketing scheme mm-hmm. that bled into a cult. They operated from 98 to 2018 and headquartered in Albany, New York area. They had at least 16,000 people enrolled in classes. Jesus. Not all 16, there's not 16,000 members in this cult. No. Cult part of it, but involved. Yeah, supporting it anyway. Nexium is an American cult that engaged in sex trafficking, forced labor, and racketeering. Nexium purported to be a multi-level marketing company that offered personal and professional development seminars through its executive success programs. The company was ultimately a recruiting platform for a secret society called DOS, or DOS, in which women were branded and forced into sexual slavery. Yeah. Fortunately, the founder, Keith Raniere, was convicted in federal court of sex trafficking and racketeering in June 2019. But after his conviction, he continued to direct loyalists from behind bars, encouraging continued recruitment. So, in fact, I believe, yeah, it says here, as of 2020, there's still about 50 or more people that have remained loyal to Ranieri and carry out recruitment efforts for him, even though he's in prison. That's some Jeffrey Epstein type shit. Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot of correlation, actually. But I haven't done this episode, full disclosure, so I, I don't have. But we did do an episode on MLMs. Yes, right. Which is, is, there's no sex in most MLMs, I hope, anyway. Not that I uncovered. Not that we know of. Yeah. You never know, though. This has shown us that you don't truly ever know what's going on at the highest level of these organizations. 100%, because you said it ran for like 30, 40 years or something like that. 20 years, uh, officially, and it's still going for five years past then, yeah. Jesus, yeah. He had founded or co-founded a different MLM prior to Nexium. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So they would recruit, like, the leadership of this company, Nexium, would recruit women to be a sex slave to the founder, Keith Raniere. It's a bummer, man. This yeah. is all a bummer. I mean, I don't know if any of these will be. Oh, there's one I could think of that's kind of funny, but. <laughs> there's, yeah, there is one that's funny on here. Although it wouldn't be funny to the victims, but. No. Uh, well, yeah. Funny is, uh, is probably the wrong term. Uh, I know what you mean, yeah, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous, yeah. For more Nexium, again, watch the HBO documentary, but uh, there's another podcast called Dialogue that I've been on in the past, and I've had their host, Rebecca, on this show in the past, and she has done several deep dives on Nexium as well, if you're interested. Oh, awesome. So you had nine Nexium at 16,000 members, five Children of God at 150,000. Yeah, I'm really bad at counting in order. <laughs> <laughs> You know, side note, but that other Canadian fella I had on recently, Brad. Yeah. We got into the sidebar on our episode where I mentioned like the top of the list being number one. Right. And he was confused for a second. He's like, no, up here in Canada, we'd say that's the bottom of the list because it's down at number one. Oh. What do you think about that? Well, now I'm having an existential crisis. Have I? I've heard both. <laughs> but I also consume a lot of American program, right? So. Yeah. Is that just something that. I think of, because I, I think of, like, number one is, like, you, the, the quote-unquote the winner. winner, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but I have heard at the bottom of the list, number one, before as well. But did you hear that from a psychopath? 
<laughs> a Canadian, yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I want to say like sports, like top tens or whatever. They they go down at the list at number one or something like that, maybe. Sure. Yeah, that's true. But one is still the best. Yeah, the highest. I, still, yeah, the highest number, the winner, quote unquote. Yeah. So but it's not the highest number. Ten is higher than one. See, <laughs> yeah, that's which, why it's confusing. It is very confusing. Now, yeah, that is weird that we do that. <laughs> oh well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, on that wonderful transitionary note, why don't you uh, give me another guess on this top 10? I'm going to guess another one that I have actually done. Om Shinriko. Om Shinriko. I just listened to that one this week from you. It's number seven on this list. Okay. With 40,000 members at their peak. Yeah, I remember this one being a huge one. Yeah. It had official religious status in Japan. Yeah. It went a long way, just like... um, the Church of Scientology is technically considered a religion in America. Spoiler alert. But in Japan, this, this group kind of achieved the same thing. So yeah. Om Shinrikyo was founded in 1984 in Tokyo, Japan. Again, it had 40,000 members at its peak. It was a doomsday cult, my favorite. Yeah. Founded by listener of the show Shoko Asahara in 1984. The movement was founded by Shoko in his one-bedroom apartment in Tokyo in 1984, starting off as a yoga and meditation class that steadily grew in the following years. Josh, how many yoga classes have you been to that ended up in a doomsday Armageddon cult? At least two. Two? Okay, just <laughs> two? Know, it's more common than you think. You know, you, you get comfortable, you get relaxed, and you're like, the world's going to end. Uh, <laughs> I can feel Not it. Not just the world's going to end, but I think I'm going to bring about the end of the world, in fact. Yes. I now have the power with the flexibility I gained from yoga to destroy the world. <laughs> it's actually interesting how many cults uh, have ties to yoga. <laughs> I think this is the only one on the list today that has it, but I know like Love Has Won, I think, had ties to yoga. Yeah, I did a mm-hmm. mini episode on that one. That was a wild one. Look into that one. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we won't be talking about them because they were very small. They cult. were very small, yeah. They're yeah. still running, though. They are. Still doing uh, YouTube videos which is disturbing. They're wild, yeah. I covered them briefly with, uh, oh, Rebecca on that dialogue podcast oh, yep. I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Om Shinrikyo is a doomsday cult in Tokyo. The mission of the founder Shoko Asahara was to take upon himself the sins of the world. What a guy. <laughs> and he claimed he could transfer spiritual power to his followers and ultimately take away their sins and bad deeds. He thus declared himself to be Christ. I remember, I didn't write this down, but I remember I've heard that the founder, Shoko Asahara, would sell to his members for a steep fee his urine, his blood, his bath water. Oh, absolutely. For them to, yeah. Yeah, he was the original Belle Delphine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you'll find with most of these cults, the leaders will just sell any bullshit they can to, to turn a profit yeah. for a ridiculous amount of money so and meanwhile have you joined tennis pod plus yet our <laughs> patreon just kidding no that's a good plug <laughs> yeah but it's true and brings to mind a question for me josh i just took a bath today there's still some <laughs> left in there residue how much are you willing to buy it for we'll, well start you the know, bid at 200 bucks well how much are we talking here are we talking like a vial or are we talking that's a, a bucket fair question you know what for 200 bucks you you can name the amount Okay. <laughs> I'd, yeah. I'd prefer a bucket, but I think that would just Great. be, you know, 
Yeah. And what I want you to do, because I think what they did is they would, well, maybe not. I don't even remember. But what I want you to do is just display this bucket like on your mantle or, you know, you're not going to drink it. You're not going to pour it out. You're going to just display it as if it's like an urn or something in your home. I'm actually going to hang it uh, by a string in front of my front door. So people have to look at it and, and hit their head on the way in. That, yes. and, and it blesses them with your bath water. See, you're a kind man. <laughs> well, anyway, this guy who really did sell his bath water for a big profit, he outlined a doomsday prophecy which included a third world war instigated by the United States. And I'm, I'm skipping a bunch of stuff here for brevity, but in March 1995, members of this cult released a binary chemical weapon most closely chemically similar to sarin gas mm-hmm. in a coordinated attack, which was not their first attack, on five trains in the Tokyo subway system. This killed 13 commuters, seriously injuring 54 and affecting 980 more, although I've seen some estimates claim as many as 6,000 people were injured by yeah. sarin gas. This was an attack to instigate their doomsday prophecy. Yeah. Not good. You love to see when they're like, oh, the end of the world hasn't come yet. Let me start it. <laughs> yeah. It's the like, logic okay. in that, right? Yeah, yeah. I always wonder in times like that, the, this leader, Shoko, and his leadership, are they buying their own bullshit at this point? Are they saying, yes, I really do need to bring about the end of the world. It's my destiny. Or is it more so, people are starting to get restless. We better do something here soon. <laughs> Man, it's something I struggle with every time I do an episode. It's like, how much do these people believe in themselves and how mm-hmm. much do they just want to control the masses? Honestly, you find that if they don't kill themselves within the cult, <laughs> then it's usually the latter. They're usually just in it for the money and the fame. Exactly. That's a good point. Like, uh, Heaven's Gate's a good example, where the yeah. founder, Marshall Applewhite, he killed himself along with the rest of the cult. Yeah, he was crazy. For sure. <laughs> yes. Look up a picture of Marshall Applewhite and read about Heaven's Gate. So those people I believe because they, you know, they, they went all the way. So he... And you know what? What I respect about that cult is they didn't harm a single soul. Uh, I mean, what, besides themselves. <laughs> yes. Right. They harmed themselves. And, you yeah. know, obviously there's a lot of heartbreak and, tra- and tragedy and trauma with the families that were affected. But as far as like being violent or even prophesizing and evangelicizing, like they were very kind of a low-key cult. I mean, you're right that they didn't do outward harm, but I would argue the brainwashing from the upper leadership caused harm to the people well, you're right. in you're the right. cult. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, but I'm not an advocate for joining the cult, but <laughs> no. I'm saying it's refreshing as someone who's just researched 10 cults, most of which killed a bunch of people. Yeah, it is refreshing to see a cult that says we're just going to do us. Yeah, they're like, we don't care if anyone else wants to follow. We'll do our own thing. Yeah, yeah. it's respectable in its own right. Tiny bit, yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, so after this attack on the Tokyo subway system, Shoko Asahara was finally found hiding within a wall of a cult building and was arrested. The same day he was arrested, his cult members mailed a parcel bomb to the office of the governor of Tokyo, blowing off the fingers of his secretary's hand. Yeah. Which is not fair to that secretary. (laughs) No uh, thumb wars for her. Uh, No, no more thumb wars for her. No, she can't open any more packages i hope she got a good you know severance and and got to retire right after not of her fingers you mean but of like money (laughs) i'm just full of poor choice of words (laughs) so secretary's fingers are blown off finally in july 2018 it's not that long ago after exhausting all appeals 
Shoko Asahara and six followers were executed as punishment for the attacks. But the cult still exists to this day. Uh, there's about 1,600 members as of 2011, and they're known under the, the name Aleph. Yes. A-L-E-P-H. Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is wild that they just allow these people to keep, keep on keeping on uh, yeah. after they commit terrorist acts in their own city. Seems awfully familiar sounding to something that happened in America recently. It's, uh, <laughs> man, I'm trying to think. That didn't happen, Nick. <laughs> a group that did something, a terrorist attack, and then got away with it, and it's still nothing's been done about it. Are you sure that happens? That doesn't sound right. No, it didn't happen. I don't remember that. Okay. Well, from a doomsday cult to your next guess, what do you got for me? Well, now that we've been talking about it, I wonder if you actually put QAnon on there. That'd be funny. I should have, but okay. QAnon is hard to, I mean, it probably would be the number one on this list, but it's hard to measure. It, how, how do you measure? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, that's fair. Uh, and I mean, fair enough. We got a lot of QAnon followers are not the most stable people. Uh, I'm sorry if you have any. Hang in on, did audience. you misspeak? We can do an edit so you can correctly speak this time and I'll edit it correctly. Oh, they're the perfect people in the world. They, there you go. They know all. No. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of flack for doing that episode from the people who follow QAnon, so. Hey, come at me, bro. QAnon. <laughs> My next guest is going to be probably the House of David. House of David. I do not have that on here. Oh, they were like a whole town. I thought they'd definitely be on there. Man. I'm looking it up now. House of David is a commune. 350 members. Oh, okay. I thought it was more. My bad. It's a weak guess then. Sure was. I've got one in the back pocket, but I'm going to try and save that. Okay. Was the Order of the Solar Temple, is that one on there? Good guess. Speaking of terrorist organizations. Yep. Uh, they're, they're number 19, though. They're not in the top Ah, 10. damn. Okay. And I, I think that's one that's also still going. It is also still going, yes. You're, you're correct on that one. Let me look through here, see if I can give you a hint. Are there any more that I've done still? Uh, there's at least one that I know for sure. That might be the one you're saving, though. It's probably the biggest one. The hint is the word foot. Oh. There's one I did earlier on about... A guy who did massaging feet or foot readings, foot readings. That's what he foot did. Foot readings. That's it. I'm trying to remember. It was Ho- Hono. Yep. Hono Hanan something. Very close. <laughs> Hono Hana Sangpogyo. Yes. Okay. I had trouble pronouncing it even in the episode. I remember that. Yes. We'll call it Hono for this show. That's fair. They are a foot cult. Yeah. Number eight with. 30,000 people were involved in this thing. And this one kind of blows my mind just because of the ridiculous nature of it. So the Honohana Sangpogyo was founded in 1989 and lasted all the way to 2002 in Japan. 30,000 members at their peak. It's often called the foot reading cult because its founder, Hojin Fukunaga, claimed he could make a diagnosis by examining people's feet. (laughs) It gets me every time. I I love it. (laughs) Fukunaga founded the group after an alleged spiritual event where he claimed to have realized he was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ and the Buddha. I want to pause here because I know you've talked about this on your show and it's true. Like people always tell themselves, I could, I can't believe people join this cult. I would never do it. I'd never believe it. Yeah. But 
alas, people join these cults. But to me, I'm like, if anybody, no matter who they are of what they've done, walk up to me and say, oh, I'm Jesus Christ reincarnated, will you even continue talking to that person? So first off, I'd be like, well, okay, that's one level. But then he also goes to claim, oh, yeah, I'm also the Buddha. It's like, <laughs> correct. <laughs> it's like, oh, so you're just doubling down on your bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe there's an audience for that shit. But there is. This big of an audience. Yeah. <laughs> Thousands of people sign up for that. I mean, there's bigger cults too, but it just blows my mind. Like, Yeah. I mean, hey, I like a foot massage as much as the next guy, but I'm not joining a cult to do it. <laughs> oh, not only am I Jesus and Buddha, but please give me your fucking foot, please, so I can <laughs> rub all over it. You're going to have a bad life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't play the lottery. <laughs> In a twist on palm reading, Fukunaga and other cult leaders read the soles of people's feet. They told their victims who visited the cult for counseling about physical or family problems that their problems would worsen unless they attended a cult seminar, which cost about two, over 2 million yen, which in today's money, uh, US dollars, is about 15,000 US. Okay. So th there's inflation. I'm sure it's not quite that high back then because that's today, but still, it's a lot of money. It's thousands of dollars that they're yeah. having to pay for these seminars. The cult used shocking words to fuel their concern, falsely claimed their, that diseases could be cured through training in his cult, and swindled exorbitant amounts of money from their victims. But finally, in 2005, Fukunaga and 15 other senior cult leaders, foot lovers, they were charged with <laughs> mass fraud, and the leader was fined a million dollars US and sentenced to 12 years in prison. Damn. And I'm brushing over the details here, people. It's, There's it's a, lot. a weird cult. Yeah, yeah, it is very weird. He was a very weird dude. I think he started off as like a, like a vacuum salesman, I think. I don't remember if you're right on that, but yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. But the common trend is that a lot of these cult leaders have sales backgrounds. Yeah, they're just good at talking, right? They Keith Raniere with Nexium. Mm -hmm. Jim Jones from the People's Temple had yeah. sales background. Monkeys, in fact, among other things. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Maybe I'm confusing them <laughs> now that I think about yeah. it. But you're right, yeah. It translates, right? As long as you're good at commanding an audience and you can sell fucking vacuums to anyone. like Or a podcast. Or a podcast. You can make a good cult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So don't get your feet read, period. But also don't get your feet read by someone that says they're both Buddha and Jesus Christ, which are two religions that <laughs> they yeah. don't go together. No, no. They're very... Uh, I don't know if they're very opposed, but they're just not... I never think of them together, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Nor should you. No. Uh, so, what's another guess? We're done with feet for tonight. I know that's probably a disappointment. Oh, thank goodness. So, there is there one called the... It's like the Unification Church or yes, something sir. like that? Unification yeah. of God or Unification Church? Something like Unification that? Unification Church Worldwide is the current name. Okay. And it is way up at number two. Oh, jeez, I jumped ahead. <laughs> yeah, and this thing is still going and has 2 million, or at some point had 2 million members worldwide. Holy. 2 million members. That's crazy. <laughs> That's uh, like as big as the largest Canadian city. <laughs> In the 1940s, Reverend Sun, do you know this guy's Sun Meng, Sun Moon Moon? I'm trying to remember if I even did this one yet. Okay, I don't we'll think go I have. with Reverend Sun Moon. Yeah, there's, a, there's a middle name I can't pronounce. Moon said that Jesus appeared to him when he was 15 and asked him to take on the special mission of completing God's kingdom on earth. 
a lot to ask. <laughs> it's a lot to ask, but I will say it's better that God asked this guy to complete my kingdom on earth rather than David Berg and the children of God. God came to him and said, please have sex with my son, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but if you're a man, don't, don't imagine if you're him. <laughs> no homo, bro. Yeah. You have to be a woman. <laughs> Just absurd. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Moon established a church in Seoul, South Korea in 1954, dubbing it the Holy Spirit Association for the Unification of World Christianity. Uh, the, the name was eventually shortened to Unification Church. One core construct says Satan seduced Eve in the Garden of Eden. This caused the fall of humankind by contaminating the bloodlines of Eve and Adam, which was transmitted through Cain and Abel and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. God then sent Jesus to serve as a second Adam to find sin-free love and salvage the family of man. But Jesus didn't live long enough to marry, which there's debate there, uh, and yeah. <laughs> it became Sun Moon's destiny to step in as the third Adam to redeem the world. So Sounds reasonable, right? Yeah, you got a backup, right? So this guy, Sun Moon, he married a woman named Hak Ja Han. They married in 1960, and their followers called them God's anointed true parents. The divine plan calls for the country to be ruled by the Moon family. They came to the United States, where their son, Sean Moon, would be king of the United States. I want to transition for a minute, though, to an offshoot of this cult founded by the son, Sean Moon. Ooh. And I talked about this on the Dialogue podcast. It's a lesser-known cult. In January 2015, the son, Sean Moon, publicly renounced his mother for hijacking the Unification Church and called her the Whore of Babylon. Ah, love that. You know, these little fights you get in with your mom and yeah. it ends with her saying, go to your room and you say, you're the Whore of Babylon. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, it's a tale as old as time and then you slam <laughs> the door. Yep. So this guy, the son, he founded his offshoot sect, the World Peace and Unification Sanctuary Church which had at least 200 members as of 2019. This cult is interesting. You should look them up. Maybe not now, but later. They worship the gun, the automatic 15 semi-automatic rifle. Every church member is required to bring their semi-automatic rifle to service. Oh, so they're just Americans. They're, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they are an American cult. They're in, I think, Pennsylvania. And the founder, Sean Moon, wears a crown of ammo during sermons. Kind of badass, I guess, but... No, it's not. It's absolutely not. I was trying to give him something, you know. No, it's super lame and stupid yeah. and dangerous and dumb. And I know you're just kidding. but Yeah, I was, I was kidding. <laughs> so that was the offshoot. And the larger church founded by his father, the one we talked about, Sun Moon, that one has 2 million members. Still going today, and it's number two on the list. Oh, jeez. So let me give you a few hints here. Number six is a Switzerland-based cult. Oh, man. A Switzerland-based cult. I knew very little of this cult before my research today, so you might not be familiar with them. I might not know. I have a list of ones that I want to do, but if I have not done an episode on it, I'm, <laughs> I'm almost a yeah. bit dark about it. Unless it's like a bigger one, you know what I mean? Like Nexium, I know. Yeah, about. well, so tell me if you've heard of, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, Rialism? Rialism? I don't think I have, actually. It's R-A-E-L-I-S-M. Oh. Okay. I'm adding that to my list, then. <laughs> this one is super interesting. It's a uh, Geneva, Switzerland-founded cult, founded in 1974, still going today. At its peak, it's had 100,000 members. It's a UFO religion, which are always fun. Yep. Heaven's Gate was one of those. 
Yep. UFO religion that was founded in the 1970s by Claude Vorelhorn. Vorelhorn. It's actually founded in France. I said Switzerland, but founded in France. I think oh, it's okay. based in Switzerland now. He's now known as Ryle. Ryleism teaches that an extraterrestrial species known as the Elohim created humanity using their advanced technology. Which sounds ridiculous, but is it that much more ridiculous than God created Adam and Eve? I don't know. Well, that's the thing I come to when I do the cults. I appreciate uh-huh. the cults that come up with their own stories. Yeah. And they're like, you know, they get creative with it. They don't go with the Jesus. They go buck wild and they're like, no, I'm God. Yeah. <laughs> and this is how things actually came about. This one is different in that they don't believe in God. In fact, realism is materialistic and rejects the existence of the supernatural they endorse atheism and reject the idea that gods exist at all. Okay, good. But there's a twist. The religion's founder, Raoul, characterizes traditional religion as irrational and unscientific. Something I can agree on. Yeah. It believes that the Elohim, which is the alien species, have historically been mistaken for gods. Oh. So this is a, a common theory on like ancient aliens, that TV show, right? Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. Aliens have visited Earth and shaped early humanity, and they were mistaken for God. I gotta say, I appreciate this story so far. It's yeah, it's interesting, super interesting, and creative. No, one hundred percent. It's like a cool movie. <laughs> yeah, I would say this is even like a better story than Scientology story. But <laughs> shh, 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 shh. we'll get to Scientology. We'll get there. We'll get there. So Elohim, the alien species, throughout history, they've created human hybrids who have served as prophets preparing humanity for news about their origins. Among the prophets were Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, and Raoul himself being the 40th and final prophet. This cult argues that humanity must find a way of harnessing new scientific and technological development for peaceful purposes, and once this has been achieved, the Elohim alien species shall return to share their technology with humanity and establish a utopia. So the members of this cult are working on a spaceship landing pad at their embassy. But it does get weird because all that so far just sounds cool and fun and interesting, right? Yeah. Not all fun, though. Well, maybe for them it is because they also engage in daily meditation, a hope for physical immortality through human cloning, and promote a liberal ethical system with strong emphasis on sexual experimentation. There it is. And there it is. <laughs> there it I is. I saw you nod and you're like, yep, yeah. there it is. That's the cult. Everything else sounds cool. You know, cloning yeah. sounds good. And then like cool spaceships and, and aliens. And then they're like, yeah, but also sex. <laughs> yep. If you can clone yourself, why do you need sex? I ask yeah, you. That's true. Yeah, they're, they're heavy into cloning. They like, that's a, like a core tenet of their belief system is cloning is essential because they don't believe in the soul or spirits. They believe that for the human race to continue, it has to be cloned. Right. But they also do seminars and like retreats, things like that. And they're all built around sex and masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I can get behind that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're not harming anyone, right? You're just, you know. Yes. <laughs> and then if we can just get Jesus there in the room with us, then we're combining <laughs> cults. But pretend you're a woman when, when he's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So that cult is fascinating. I'd like to learn more about it. I'll have to do an episode on that one. I'll write that one down. Do it.
Hey, quick interruption for a programming note. I want to let you know that the next three Wednesdays, Tennis Podcast will not be releasing new episodes. Instead, we will be releasing best of content featuring some of our most downloaded episodes from our archives. The next new episode of Tennis Podcast will be episode 176, coming your way June 22nd. Although, if you are a Tennis Pod Plus member, we will have a new Tennis Pod Plus exclusive bonus episode in early June during this little break here. Anyway, yeah, you're still going to get tennis best of content in your feed. New episodes return in late June. Thanks for hearing me out. Let's get back to the episode now with Josh. So let's do a quick recap. You got number nine, Nexium. Number eight, Honohana, which was the foot cult. Seven, Om Shinrikyo, the doomsday cult. Six, Rialism, the most recent one we talked about. Mm-hmm. Five, Children of God, and two, the Unification Church. Oh, man. You need 10, 4, and 3, and 1. Do you count the Amish? That's, a good, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, I kind of would. Yeah. I'm kind of uh, liberal with my... Your uh, justification like, of a who, cult? Yeah, well, who is in a cult and who's not. Yeah. To be fair, they could never say anything to you because they will never listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> also true. So no Mormons, no Amish, nothing like that on there? I didn't say that. Oh, Mormons? So I hesitated with this one because okay. we may even have Mormon listeners here, but the Mormon is a, is a mainstream religion, just like, I mean, not as big, but just like Christianity and Judaism, things like that. But just me knowing the history of Mormonism, the little research I've done, yeah. I can't know that history and not call them a cult. Yeah, that's fair. I've, much like yourself, I've debated on doing an episode on them. I probably will eventually. Yeah, they're just... It's tough not to call them a cult. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I think there's, there's millions of people that are in this cult slash religion for the right reasons. They want to be a good person. They want to find God. Yep. They are raised in this way, and that's fine. But the cult's roots are rooted in a lie and manipulation and get-rich-quick schemes Absolutely. from the founder. Yeah. So because of the founder, like today, you might not look around and say it's a cult. You'd say it's a religion. But in its roots, it is a cult. So that's why it's on the list. And it's number one, in fact. Oh, okay. Sorry, I messed up. <laughs> yeah. I had one. I definitely thought it was the number one. But uh, if, yeah, yeah, Mormonism definitely has to be up there. We'll get to the one you're, talk- you're thinking of. It's, it's high, but it's not number one. Okay. Mormonism has over 16 million members today. Jesus. And that is the Church of Latter-day Saints is the official name of the church. They are founded in 1830 in Western New York. Have you done much research on the history of Mormonism? I've touched on it a little bit a long time ago, just when I was looking for topics. Yeah. Other than a few things, you'll probably know way more than I do right now. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to preface this by saying, like, we could do 10 episodes in a row on just Mormonism. Oh. It's a very deep history, and yeah. I recommend the last podcast on the left series on Mormonism. They did like a six-part series that is really must-listen if you're into this stuff. So I'm only going to hit the briefest of highlights. The Church of Latter-day Saints is the fourth largest Christian denomination in the United States, which is incredible considering it's less than 200 years old. That's crazy. 200 years and it's already number four. The, the Catholic Church has been around for thousands of years. Yeah. That's nuts. It's mind-blowing, if anything. Yeah. Crazy. It really picked up steam, and it's a primarily American cult. I mean, there are members in other countries, but most members are in America. Yeah, there's definitely some, like, there's Canadian Mormons as well. 
um, for yeah. sure. Oh, man. So that's like a double negative. <laughs> Canadian and Mormon. It equals positive, right? Uh, <laughs> no? Nah. Okay. okay. We'll have to check the math on that. <laughs> the church's core beliefs are summarized in the Articles of Faith, and its four primary principles are faith in Jesus Christ, repentance, baptism, and the laying on of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. So that's like their core belief system. Yep. But according to their beliefs, the golden plates are the source from which Joseph Smith translated the Book of Mormon, a sacred text of the faith. Some witnesses described the golden plates as weighing from 30 to 60 pounds, or 14 to 27 kilograms. Smith said that he found the plates in 1823 in a hill near his home. He's just out there stumbling around in western New York and comes across these golden plates. Wow. An angel named Maroney directed him to a buried stone box. The angel prevented Joseph from taking the plates, but instructed him to return to the same location in a year. Joseph went back year after year and was denied the plates every time until 1827. He was able to return home with the plates in a heavy, uh, wrapped in frock, which he then put in a box. He allowed others to heft the box to see how much it weighed, but he said the angel forbade him from showing the plates to anyone until they had been translated from their original reformed Egyptian language. I'm going to pause there. They're Schrodinger's plates. <laughs> yeah. Josh, knowing what I've told you so far on a scale of 1 to 10, how willing are you to jump headfirst into this cult oh, and be a member? 200%. I'm, I'm all the way in on this, <laughs> these golden plates. I hope that after years and years of going back to him, he'll show me the plates. Imagine your friend Joseph Smith walks up and says, hey, I got this box of golden plates. Here, feel the box. You feel them. They're heavy. You, you don't know what's in them. You yeah. say, okay, cool. What's in the box? Let me see. He says, no, 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 no. An angel told me that only I can see them and only I can translate them. Yeah. That is the core, <laughs> sorry, but that is the core foundation of the entire religion is this story. Oh, I mean, listen, most stories are dumb if you break them down and this one's not the most creative I've ever heard. So I'm, I'm disappointed, gotta say. Yeah. The alien ones is way, are way cooler. So. Way cooler, yeah. yeah. I wish that one gained more membership. Yeah, he should have made the, uh, the angel an alien and I would be all the way in on this. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, it doesn't end there because Joseph Smith, he dictated the plates. So he actually sat in a room and read the plates because no one else could read them. And it was not in English. He transcribed, he would speak them aloud and someone on the other side of the room would transcribe them. That's how the Book of Mormon was written. Okay. He published the first edition in March 1830 with a print of 5,000 copies. It cost him $3,000 to, oh to do that, which was a lot back in 1830. So much back then. Holy. It fucking paid off though. After the translation was complete, Smith returned the plates to the angel. Thus, they have never been found, seen, or examined since. What a good guy. If you are instilling your faith in this religion, you are basing it solely off this man's word. Which yeah. The Bible is that way too, by the way, oh, not yeah. to get on a soapbox here. But all, all religious texts are based on word of men being passed down from generation to generation. Yeah. And... I don't know, man. Like, the golden plates are gone forever. Interpreted by those men that are, have been p passed down to, so it, it gets misconstrued and strays away from the original context of what it meant, what it means to be. I mean, the Bible was rewritten, right? Right. And also, it was selectively authored. Yes. Things were removed from the Bible and things were put in. I mean, to be fair, the things they took out, gotta commend them on it. Some of the stuff was pretty shitty. <laughs> but some of the stuff that's in is still shitty, too. Yes, but... And and some of the stuff in it now is misinterpreted as being shittier than it's meant to be, I think. That's also true. Yeah, so 
I mean, I don't know. <laughs> There's Yeah, we're not going to solve this here, no. you and I, but it all comes <laughs> down to the, the main takeaway from me here is if you want to believe in any religion, that's fine. But yeah. just know that your belief system is in the men that created the religion. Yeah. And I mean, if it helps you get on with your day and move on with life and like more power to you, you're not actively harming anyone for believing this thing. It's the people on top usually that are profiting and exploiting people who believe in the religion or cult. Uh, So, I mean, the people themselves that believe it aren't the issue. (laughs) So, no, I agree with that. People, I firmly believe religion or otherwise, believe and do whatever the hell you want as long as you're not harming anyone else. Yeah. Right. Yep. But anyway, several of the Church of Latter-day Saints policies and teachings have been viewed by critics as racist from the administration of Brigham Young in, until 1978. 1978. <laughs> the church did not allow black people to receive priesthood or to even enter the temple. Public pressure during the US civil rights movement had preceded the priesthood ban being rescinded. So, civil rights movement was well before 1978. Yeah. But that's when they said, "Okay, All right, black people, you can come inside. Brigham Young University has been trending a lot recently for their terrible takes. They have terrible takes on every social aspect. I'm not surprised. Yeah. So there is an offshoot of Mormonism in the top 10. The Fundamentalist Church. Have you heard of this? Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I mean, it's such a boring name that I probably have heard of it, just did not register to memory. (laughs) What about the name Warren Jeffs? That one sounds familiar, actually. Yeah, same here. I, I first read this quote and I'm like, I don't recognize that name, but no. the, the, the leader is what got me. So number 10 on the list is the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's an offshoot of Mormonism. It was founded in 1929 and it's headquartered now in Hilldale, Utah. It has up to 10,000 members. The movement emerged in the early 20th century when its founding members were excommunicated from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the cult we just finished, yeah. largely because of their refusal to abandon the practice of plural marriage. A lot of people might not realize that today, in 2022, the official Mormon church, the Church of Latter-day Saints, they do not condone plural marriage or polygamy. Oh, They polygamy. did at one time. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Plural marriage, yeah. So, I didn't yeah. know what that was. <laughs> Polygamy, marrying multiple people. Yes, uh, yeah. Like one man can have 10 wives, for example. In the early days of the Mormon church, that was accepted and encouraged. And then okay. they, they overturned that and said, actually, we changed our mind. We don't want to do that anymore. Right. Because of outside pressure, clearly. Like they had big falling out with the U.S. government on that. <laughs> so there's a, there's a group of members of the church that said, we still want to practice polygamy. And they left and created this offshoot. But polygamy is illegal in all 50 states of the U.S., as well as Canada and Mexico. But the fundamentalist church has been designated as a hate group and has been called a white supremacist, homophobic, anti-government cult. They've been led by a succession of white men regarded as prophets who are believed to have been called by God to lead. Since 2012, this has been Warren Jeffs. Jeffs was found guilty of sexual assault of a child. Ugh whom he'd also married, a 15-year-old. He had aggravated sexual assault against the child for sex with the 12-year-old he had married. He was also sentenced to life in prison plus 20 years and fined $10,000. Fine just seems weird. I was going like, to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why not more? Why not less? I, I, why 10000 That seems like a weird number. But this group 
obviously they're doing harm within the group to their own members, but also they're suspected of trafficking underage females across state lines and across the border for sexual abuse and polygamy purposes. Jesus. Warren Jeffs is still leading the cult from prison, if I didn't mention that. Yeah, I love when you, your cult leader is basically a pedophile and you still keep following him. That's awesome. Awesome. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say this about polygamy. I mean, I have no inherent issue with it. If, it, if that's like what you want to do, you want to marry a couple people, I have no issue with it. The problem with me is that it's like historically been a very misogynistic. Yes. It's the men who get to marry multiple wives. It's not the other way around. Absolutely. Usually. And, and that's the way it was in the Book of Mormon or Joseph Smith. He right. said that the more women a man marries, the greater that man is in the eyes of God. Right. But not the other way around, right? Not the other way around. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's a shitty mentality that men nowadays still have, right? Like it's still like, oh, you slept with how many women? You're a slut. But if men do it, it's like, oh, props, bro. Like mm-hmm. it's a double-sided thing. And, and so polygamy, I think, as an idea is fine, but it's been executed in the worst ways possible over the past few hundred thousand years, whatever. So I agree with everything you said. As a separate point, it kind of makes me wonder why the US government, or it's illegal in Canada and Mexico too, yeah. why these governments care if someone gets married to multiple people. Maybe <sighs> tax reasons? I don't know I why mean, they would care. Same thing as like, why do they care if gay people get married, right? Like that should have never well, been true. illegal. <laughs> so yeah. it's just the white men in power just keeping minorities down. That, that's what I feel it yeah. is. I think you and I are aligned politically because like it could be summed up with what we said a few minutes ago, which is I am fine with anyone anywhere doing anything they want as long as they're not harming anyone. Right. Like who cares? Yeah. You have two left. I know one of them yeah. you have will save for last. I think number four you've probably never heard of. I never had. Okay. So I'm going to give it to you. It's based in Minnesota. Does the word... Ekenkar mean anything to you? Okay, yes. I okay. have heard this one before. Is the leader like Paul something? Paul Twitchell. Twitchell, yeah. I was like, it has like, yeah, Twitch. So I have heard this one. I did not do much research into it though. This is the most boring one, which is maybe a good <laughs> thing, right? Like okay. for the people, for society as a whole. But as yeah. far as being an interesting podcast topic, it's the most boring one because. I'll avoid it then. <laughs> Maybe you'll pick up on something I didn't, but it's number four. 500,000 members, based in Minnesota, was founded in 1965 by Paul Twitchell. According to the Ekenkar Corporation glossary, in fact, yeah, I think this is another one like Nexium that's a company. Right. Business. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the term Ekenkar means co worker with God. <laughs> so stupid. So we're working with God, we're having sex with God, we're being God tonight. <laughs> yeah. The largest cult you've likely never heard of, Ekin Carr, is a holistic belief system that teaches you to use music, sounds, and light to call in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Paul Twitcher, the founder, says it uses various mantras to detach the soul from the body so that the soul may experience other planes of existence. Part of what is most appealing about Ek, as it's known, for short, E-C-K, Ek, is the fact that you can do it in addition to whatever other religion you choose to practice. So they're not picky about what other religions you're practicing, as long as you're paying money to do X stuff. Okay. I mean, you know what? That's the most lenient cult I've ever heard of. So yeah, more power to them for that. It's a global organization in 40 countries. The members are known as Ekists. 
<laughs> okay. I mean, there's a better name probably, but that, that's not bad. That's probably why they're so big though, right? Because they allow you to be interchangeable with other religions, right? Yeah. So I'm reading here that active members today is 3,000. So uh, the 500,000 that got him up to number four is at some other point. But today they've shrunk quite a bit. He's dead though, right? So that... I think so. Usually after the leader dies, you know, numbers kind of drop off a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to that big elephant in the room. The guest you've been hanging on to. Oh, he's in a movie coming up, I think. Uh, the um, Top Gun, the new movie that's coming out. Mavericks. Oh, yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah. I won't be seeing that. I don't think I will be either. The Church of Scientology is number three in the top ten. It's your boy. Even more so than Mormonism. I went off on Mormonism earlier a little bit saying that, yes, there's a lot of good people that are Mormon and have been Mormon, but it's all rooted in a scam by the founder. Yeah. And that's absolutely true. I know you've done a Scientology series, so Mm -hmm. I'm sure you agree. The Church of Scientology was founded in 1953. There's up to 200,000 members around the world today. The first Scientology church was founded by L. Ron Hubbard and his wife, Mary Sue Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard stated that a civilization without insanity, without criminals, and without war, where the able can prosper, and honest beings can have rights, and where man is free to rise to greater heights, are the aims of Scientology. And to that I say, uh, fucking run-on sentence, bro. (laughs) Yeah, he's a writer. He should know this. Exactly, and that's the other fucking thing, man. Oh. How can you follow the religion of a guy that was a science fiction writer? Yeah, his whole career before this was writing science fiction stories, and then you think he didn't just pull this out of his ass to be like, oh, here's a good story that I know people will like and follow. It's so blatantly obvious, but I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll probably agreed. get into why people join, but it's, yeah. Yeah, well, we definitely will. So. If you were in the Church of Scientology explaining to someone why they should join, you'd say that we provide methods by which a person can achieve greater spiritual awareness. Mm -hmm. They have spiritual rehabilitation with a type of counseling known as auditing, in which practitioners aim to consciously re-experience painful or traumatic events in their past to free themselves of their limiting effects. In Scientology, there's a kind of a secret, although it's not so much a secret now, but for a long time it was a secret kind of belief theory that you didn't get to learn until you were higher up in the ranks, which is Xenu. Yeah. Xenu was the dictator of the Galactic Confederacy who brought billions of people to Earth in a spacecraft 75 million years ago, stacked them around volcanoes, and killed them with hydrogen bombs. (laughs) Remember, the guy who made this religion was a science fiction writer. Yeah. (laughs) And happened to be around when hydrogen bombs were invented. (laughs) Uh, it's not that old of a cult. <laughs> no, no, 50s. Or religion, I guess we should say, sorry. They uh, have religious status yeah. with the U.S. government, which is fucking insane. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Official Scientology scriptures hold that the Thetans, or Thetans, which are immortal spirits of the aliens that were killed by the galactic dictator, they attach themselves to humans causing spiritual harm, which is why you need to be audited. Yeah. Within the Church of Scientology, the Xenu story, Xeno being the alien dictator, the Xeno story is part of the Church's secret advanced technology, considered a sacred teaching which is normally only revealed to members who have completed a lengthy sequence of courses costing large amounts of money. 
The church avoids mention of Xenu in public statements and has gone to considerable effort to maintain the story's confidentiality. Despite this, much of the Xenu story has leaked to the public via court documents and the internet. So what you were saying before, like why are people joining this? It's because for a long time, less so now, but for a long time when people joined, Xenu wasn't a thing. You don't hear Xenu. You don't hear about aliens. You are there to, it's kind of a self-improvement process. That's mainly That's what they sell to is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I want to premise this with none of these people are registered psychologists. They're not trained to do this. They're just, they're, well, they're trained by the Scientology to audit you, quote unquote which they sell as like going to your psychologist basically to figure out what's wrong, like for you to vent to them. And what that allows them to do is it gives them triggers that they can use to make you like, if you're thinking of leaving, they can blackmail you. They could trigger you to make you think that you're not okay enough to leave. I mean, that's one of the main ways they get people to stay and, and, and join. It's probably their biggest and most successful thing that they do. The whole cult was built around the idea of trapping people in the cult. Because also, when you leave the cult, you are harassed. Mm -hmm. Scientology encourages and, in fact, demands that you harass and make miserable the lives of the people that leave the, the cult. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that they do is they get Hollywood elites like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, John Travolta. Yeah, John Travolta. I almost said Tom Hanks, but I knew, I knew that was wrong. But yeah. No, not our boy Tom Hanks. He'd never no, do that. He's a good boy. And they get people like that to almost vouch for them and, and make their cult seem real, like something you yeah. can trust, basically. It's absolutely not. It's just... Yeah. They have an entire wing that's built around recruiting celebrities. Yeah. Other uh, prominent members include Kirstie Alley, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Moss from Handmaid's Tale and Mad Men. Yeah. Yeah, and there's others too, but... There's ones who've left, I think, as well. I forget her name. Leah Romini from King of Queens. Yeah, she has a great documentary on it, and also HBO, Going Clear, is a must-watch documentary if you want to learn more about Scientology and how corrupt it is from the inside. 100%. And also, obviously, listen to Josh's podcast. Let's Start a Cult (laughs) has a series on Scientology that's excellent. I plugged myself enough. I wasn't going to do it again. (laughs) Yeah. Listen to what you want. (laughs) Watch what you want. It's fine. There's a ton of good material out there yeah. to learn more about how shitty Scientology is, but start with Josh's show. <laughs> My last known Scientology is it, it is a bona fide religion, according to the U.S. government. It's a tax-exempt religious organization. Well, you're paying taxes. They get tax-exempt, so. Well, that's the other thing I wanted to say is, originally they kept the Xenu story secret because they wanted you to come in for the self-help, psychology-esque yeah. training and courses to, through auditing to become a better person Mm -hmm. and by the time you get to the point where they're telling you about xenu you're years in and thousands of dollars in so you're invested in every aspect of your life yep and so when you're faced with the xenu thing a lot of people are like i'm in this deep already whether or not i actually believe in this alien thing i'm in too deep i'm here yeah and they're stuck there and it's probably 50 50 at that point right because they're probably already brainwashed enough and they probably work them up towards it where they you know sprinkle some of the story in here and there just to see how they react and they they build them up to it slowly so it's not just uh oh yeah here's the door there's aliens on the other side (laughs) which is what you should do if you want to prove aliens exist and it's all from xenu open the door and show us the alien show us the golden plates joseph smith have you guys seen tom cruise He's kind of like an alien. <laughs> He's a wild dude. Dude, 
That fucking guy. All right, well, Josh, you did it. We talked about the 10 largest cults in history. We made it. I did not think I'd get as many as I did. I didn't get that many, to be fair, but... <laughs> I think it was like 50-50, better than yeah. probably the average person would do. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. You know, cults believe in a lot of weird things, having sex with Jesus and getting your foot red and that the end of the world's coming, but this cult, the Cult of Tennis Podcast, believes in reading podcast reviews from listeners like you. I'm going to start this week with one from Monsters and Mixers on Podchaser. They say, very entertaining and very funny. I love how easy it is for the host to interact in such a natural way. There's nothing natural about it, baby. It's very forced, very mechanical. Takes me a long time to recover afterwards, but I'm glad it sounds natural to you. Thank you for that very kind review. I have one more here from Repose and Relate. This one's on Apple. This one's short, sweet, simple. The podcast is entertaining. Very productive content. Very productive content. Don't know that I agree, but it's still kind of you to say anyway. Thank you for that review. And if you want me to read your review on a future episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, on Podchaser, or on the Good Pods app, and I will read that review on a future episode. And by the way, that review can say anything. As long as it's five stars, I'll read it. All right, let's get back to Colt Talk with Josh. So I'm going to go back through the top 10. I'm actually going to start back at 20. So you'll see some of the other larger cults you, we haven't talked about yet. So number yep. 20 is Heaven's Gate. 19 is Order of the Solar Temple. 18, this is a cult I know nothing about, the Sullivanians. I did do you know that them? one. Yeah, I did that okay. one two years ago. Yeah, it was, it was a fairly interesting cult. Uh, so they're 18. 17 is Church of the Firstborn of the Lamb of God. 16 is Synanon. 15 is the Church of Euthanasia. Oh, God. That sounds terrible. Which, I don't know anything about it, but it sounds... Don't put me in that one. <laughs> yeah, don't want to be in that one. The next one is 12 Tribes, 14. 13 is the Movement for the Restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. Have you done that one? I don't think so. Put it on your list. It's a Ugandan cult. Ooh. We talked about it on our Deadliest Cults episode, but the founders... Really quickly, they promised basically the second coming and when it didn't happen and their members started asking questions, they trapped the members in a building and set them all on fire and killed them all, like thousands Fuck. of them. Fuck. Oh, Jesus. It's a fucked up story. Put that one on my list for sure. Maybe we'll do that. In and the leader went on the run and has never been found. Oh my God. Maybe we'll do that in June then. Uh, maybe yeah. that'll be one of our comeback ones. <laughs> 12 is the Rajanishis. Yes. 11 is the People's Temple also known as Jonestown, yep. Jim Jones. So now the top 10. Number 10 is the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. First of all, branding. Someone get in there and change this fucking name. It's too long. It's too boring. That's most of them, man, honestly. Like, it's like, oh, the church of whatever, the God church, yeah. the judgment. Yeah, it's, it's like, come up with something original. Come up with something interesting. Yeah. Well, like Scientology, for all its faults, has a good name. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Same with Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate, yeah. yeah. It's a badass name. It is a badass name. The Fundamentalist Church are the ones who are pro-polygamy, and their founder raped and married a bunch of children, yep. unfortunately. Number nine is Nexium. Eight is Honohana Sangpogyo, the foot-reading cult. <laughs> every time. It gets me every time. <laughs> Seven is Om Shinrikyo, the doomsday Japanese cult that set off sarin gas in the Tokyo subway system. Six is Rhyalism. 
They're the ones that believe there are no gods. It was aliens that have been mistaken as gods. My favorite one so far. Yeah, my favorite one that we talked about. Number five is the Children of God, or as they're known today, the Family International. That's the one with David Berg. He wanted you to have sex with Jesus and all that. Yep. Four is Ekenkar, founded by Paul Twitchell. They believe using sound and music to call in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Number three is the Church of Scientology. Number two is the Unification Church Worldwide, the Korean church uh, that is still around today in huge numbers. And number one, the largest cult of all time is the Church of Latter-day Saints, also known as Mormonism. The Mormon church. Damn. 16 million members. It's crazy the difference, right? Because like top 20, it starts off like, oh, you know, 100 or something like that. And then it's yeah, like, yeah, 16 million. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> Only two cults in, on the entire list have made it past the million mark. Yeah which is the top two. Most of them, I mean, even number 10 is 10,000 members. Yeah, well, exactly. It's quite yeah. the steep incline. Yep. So that's why it is, it is difficult to pick the top 10 because it's like, okay, well, you know, between 15 and, and 8, it's like pretty, it's not a crazy difference, you know what I mean? It's a couple thousand. And then you get into the top five and it's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. The top five is pretty remarkable when you consider number one, the Mormonism. Founded 1830, yep. very recently. Number two, the Unification Church, founded in 1954. Number three, Scientology, founded in 1953. Like, those three churches have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of members, and they're all very recent. Yeah, so it's nuts. But a lot of it is marketing and branding. Like, L. Ron Hubbard and Joseph Smith, like, they... Good at marketing. <laughs> yeah. They're good at branding. Good at goals. making a story, yeah. Well, speaking of being good at a story, Josh... You are sometimes good at stories. I want you to uh, get the folks at home. One more plug for your show. Tell them where to find you and any upcoming topics on either podcast that you think are uh, worth shouting out. Like I said, uh, I do not plan that far ahead. <laughs> Trying to give you a softball here. Yeah, it's not a softball. I'm, I'm very disorganized. I apologize. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we took a break with Let's Start a Cult. But uh, I'm coming back. I'm actually going to come back with a co-host, so that's a bit of a news thing here. I guess I haven't announced that yet, so... Yeah, I didn't know that. So I will have an official co-host for Let's Start a Cult, but you can find us at letstartacultpodcast.com. All of our episodes are there, linked to Spotify, Apple Podcast, anywhere you want to watch. And then my other podcast, Reddit on Wiki, like I said, we read stories. I don't, I don't come up with my own stories like, uh, like L. Ron Hubbard, but... Uh, yeah. We read stories about assholes, you know, relationship advice, anything in between, and react to them. Uh, it's always a fun time. We love hearing the react, like the comments, determining whether these people are assholes or or giving relationship advice to random people on the internet, which is awesome. Yeah, and that podcast has really taken off. So congrats on that. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. To be clear, when you're talking about assholes, you're not talking about physical rectums. You're talking about people that might be assholes. Yeah, terrible people, uh, almost always. <laughs> so yeah. it's a subreddit if you don't know am i the asshole on on reddit it's people being like here's a situation was i the asshole and you determine whether they were the asshole or anyone else in the story was was an asshole so yeah well you guys are doing great i highly recommend both of josh's podcasts i'm gonna put links in the show notes of this episode to find his podcast and if you're looking for a good starting off point look for the episode i did on reddit on wiki where i came on one of the Am I the Asshole episodes. Absolutely, yeah. Josh, you've been amazing. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. I, I really appreciate it. It was awesome. I'm glad to have you in my cult. 
<laughs> I hope you'll be here forever. Anytime you need me to have sex with Jesus, just let me know, man. I'll be there. <laughs> All right. We will be women together in Christ's name having sex with Jesus. Well, listeners, I want to thank you for listening. If you missed it earlier, I'm taking a short break. We'll be back with the next episode four weeks from today. I will have a best of episode in the feed next week. So you can continue to get your weekly tennis fix. Josh, any final words? Don't join a guy telling you he's Jesus and Buddha. Don't join any groups. Yep. That he- and keep your shoes on. <laughs> Nobody needs to touch your feet. Unless you specifically ask them to, then uh, Thank you. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Good clarification. Praise Zenu. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. See ya.